Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good day, everyone. Happy Thursday to you all. Wearing my Canapolis Cannonballers hat today, for those that are doing the what the hell's on Dan's head game. This was uh, one of my kids' Little League teams. Until they get to uh, machine pitch or higher, they have uh, minor league teams, t-ball, coach pitch, basically. These are the minors. And uh, then they graduate and they start to get major league teams. That's why you've seen some some Kansas City Royals hats have popped up. He was a Royal this most recent season. I don't know what he's going to be in January, but I am excited to add to the wall of hats it's a terrible wall right now. It just it, it needs so much. It has so little personality. I don't even know what that one was. I think I got it at a baseball winter meetings like a dozen years ago. What's under that hat? I got a Visalia Rawhide in there. I got a Visalia Oaks in there. I got Royals, Cal, my Golden Bears, Dodgers, Cannonballers. I had to retire the Montgomery Biscuits hat. It was too gross. That was like a 20-year-old hat now. That is disgusting. So much schwitz, so much sweat in that one. All right, it's not story time. It's not hat story time, that's for damn sure. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Fantasy NBA Today. December the 14th, it's Thursday morning. I am Dan Vespers, and this is your daily recap show, which used to actually kind of be our own show. Remember those days? Those were wild. I've added some more specialty features. I still have all these ideas that I want to trot out there, and I just have no idea when I'm going to be able to pull them off. Maybe I could do one this afternoon. I doubt it. I doubt it. Voice needs a little break. Can't do two shows every day. Although I guess I didn't do any on Monday. Why do you guys need to think hear me as I go through my stream of consciousness on when I can do shows? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um couple of reminders here as we hit the ground running. Find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Sportsethos.com, Ethos Fantasy BK. Ethos Fantasy BK is the Twitter handle for your Sports Ethos news feed. Uh, Discord link is in the show description. I hope you guys will come hang out with us over there. And also, I haven't been able to do as many live questions. I'm trying to take the ones that are sort of uh, applicable to all. And that means that a lot are going to get skipped these days. So if you have slightly more specific questions, feel free to use the comments board on the YouTube page. That's a good way to get a hold of me. As I mentioned yesterday, I try to keep tabs on those. I don't get to them super fast. So if it's pressing, you're probably going to want to just get a premium membership and uh, go hit up the premium Q&A that runs all the time in our Discord. But if you got time on something, that's a great spot to throw your question in. Let's talk Fantasy sports now. Twas a nine-game Wednesday. Philly blew out Detroit. Pistons, Wizards, Spurs. They may never win again. Right? Time to give up. Pistons have lost 21 games in a row. They are approaching the NBA record. Spurs have lost a mere 18 games in a row. Good Lord, there are some bad teams right now. The Pistons are really bad. Silly thing is that I think I'd rather watch a Pistons game than a Wizards game. We'll talk about them in a minute. For Philly, Kelly Oubre up to 23 minutes in this game. Yes, 7 out of 9 shooting sort of artificially inflated his number. 
But I do think we need to be holding Ubre for now just to see how this whole thing shakes out. And this isn't a great game to figure it either because it was a blowout super, super early. Joel Embiid is a monster. I did say I thought he had a good shot to be the number one player in fantasy this year. I did not think that Shea was going to be this far out in front, but I don't feel bad about the uh, the previous note. And Embiid is mostly played in ball games. I think he's missed, what, two? I think Paul Reed had a couple of fill-in games there. For Detroit, they're the more uh, in-flux fantasy team in this ballgame. Isaiah Stewart got punted partway through this ballgame. He's probably a streamable play while both Jalen Duran and Marvin Bagley are out. James Wiseman picked up once Stewart got kicked out of the ballgame and didn't really do anything with it. Cade Cunningham. That is where I think we left off while the uh, audio issues were kicking up here. So let's uh, let's try to pick up from there. I got farther than that, but we'll go backwards. Um, Cade's been better. He's been more like, you know, top 70-some-odd last couple of weeks, so that's uh, at least an improvement. Um and I think we, I think it cut off before I talked about Usar Thompson and Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey. I'm not positive, though. If I'm repeating myself, I apologize. I don't know where the audio glitched out. Usar uh, is obviously someone that you're starting while he's starting. He may lose this job when guys come back, but we shall see. Um, as far as Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey go, again, apologies if I'm repeating myself. I don't think either needs to be held. I'll keep it simple on that front. Jaden Ivey's not playing enough. Hayes is playing more, but I just don't think the fantasy game is going to translate the way we would need it to. So hopefully I didn't repeat myself there. Again, I have no idea exactly where it shorted out. New Orleans, here's your Trey Murphy breakout game. And these are not going to happen every night. He got extraordinarily hot in this one. He was hitting multiple three-pointers from 30 feet away. It was pretty awesome, actually, when he gets going. He really gets going. But also, the Wizards are helpful. They have no resistance as a ball club. Um, he's not going to be this good every night, but the, you know, the assumption here is that it kind of balances out. You'll have a big game. You'll have a quiet game. He's a great shooter, gets you some defensive stats. This is why you're hanging on to Trey Murphy. Simple as that. As far as Washington goes, another blowout here means that, uh, once again, Kyle Kuzma was basically the only guy to survive it. Daniel Gafford was actually okay as well. So I shouldn't say only Kyle Kuzma. Um, Tyus Jones was a non-survivor of this blowout loss. Uh, Bilal, Bilal, excuse me, Kulbali, he was better again, missed both free throws. Uh, you know, his big games come in blowouts. And I, I don't know that I need to repeat myself again. He was also a minus 30 in the minutes he was on the floor in this ball game. I don't think that's on him necessarily. In fact, I'd put a lot of what went wrong in this game on Jordan Poole. Uh, but I'll get to him in just a second. As far as Kulbali goes... I've said it before, I'll say it again. I've stashed him in a keeper league because I think he could be interesting at the end of the season or going into next year. But right now, there are too many holes in his fantasy game. And you might be like, oh, Dan, it feels like he's been doing really well the last week. Outside the top 200 last week. 13 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2 threes, and 54% from the field. That all feels okay, although, again, 13 points is really not much. He's been a positive in threes, boards, and field goal percent the last week. He's been a negative in assists. Uh, steals, blocks, he's kind of break even, actually, so you'll take that. Brutal free throw number, 42% free throws. He's like like uh, five for his last 12 and high turnovers. And yeah, maybe these things level off, but so far we haven't seen his ability to hit a free throw, and that's why I'm thinking more down the line. And I don't feel bad about that. 
But I got to talk about Jordan Poole. I, I can't get through today's show without talking about how truly awful Jordan Poole looks every second he's on a basketball court right now. He doesn't care at all. Bad passes, bad decision-making, just everything he's doing on a basketball court screams, I'm not into this. He needs to be benched. He needs to be benched. I don't know if the Wizards have the stones to do it, but he needs to be benched. And frankly, I don't know that he needs to be on fantasy teams. He's been that bad. If you thought it was bad for the whole season, it's just getting worse right now. He's outside the top 200. His only positives right now are barely points, barely steals, and then free throw. That's the positive. Negative in turnovers, field goal percent, blocks, rebounds, assists, even threes for a shooting guard. It's awful. And forget the numbers for a minute. Just watching him play is insufferable. He's that bad. I think you can probably drop him in fantasy. And yeah, he'll probably have some good games here and there. You know, more competitive ones if, you know, somebody pushes him to the ground early in a basketball game and he gets fired up and actually gives a crap for a few minutes. But he doesn't care. He does not care. Watching him play, you can see it in the body language. He does not care. Yesterday was arguably the worst of it. Terrible passes. His five turnovers were not a fluke. They were just bad. Bad passes, bad decisions. And you could see after a number of them, teammates were looking at him like, what are we doing here? Like, why are you on the court? You don't want to be here. Don't be here. Other guys were trying. Kuzma's trying. Gafford's trying. Jones is trying. Denny's trying. Bilal's trying. The young guys, I'm sure, would love to get in there and get some more playing time. Poole's not trying. Terrible, terrible basketball. Meanwhile, Terry Rozier, who was on our sell-high board, is uh, still sell-high. Again, it depends on what you get back. As I said on that show yesterday, if you can get like a top 50 guy back, you probably do it. If you can't, you just enjoy this run with no LaMelo because Rozier is coasting right now. He's cruising. He's crushing. Otherwise, start the starters. P.J. Washington got hurt excuse me, early in this ballgame, which meant that the starters got to play gigantic minutes, and that's big numbers for all five of them. Uh, Nick Richards filling in for Mark Williams. That's a pretty easy call. For Miami, we're waiting to find out, and, and again, those that are watching can see the little questionable tags on their screen. We're waiting to find out if anybody's going to sit the second half of the Heat back-to-back, which would only open up more streaming opportunities. Uh as it stands, Orlando Robinson has cooled off after a couple of sort of surge games. I, I guess we can take him off of the stream board. Jaime Akez came roaring back in this one. Uh, and the Heat were able to kind of go small. They weren't super worried about, like, Nick Richards taking them in the post. So Robinson didn't need to play as many minutes. And, you know, Thomas Bryant was able to play some more, more of an offensive-minded center. I think we can probably leave the centers alone. Caleb Martin had a poor shooting game. Overall, he actually kind of was okay. I mean, if the shots were going in, this would have been a pretty good one, actually. So I think you can keep streaming him with everybody out. Hakez bounced back here, but he had been fading. So I'm going to lean away from that stream. Now, you know, if like Simi, if Jimmy Butler and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry and if half the team takes the second half of the back-to-back off, then my stance changes on a lot of these guys because basically anybody left is a play at that point. But let's say that the Heat trot this same nine-man rotation out tonight. 
Duncan Robinson's a go. Kyle Lowry's a go. Jimmy Butler obviously is a go. And I think I would probably go Caleb Martin as the last stream there. I think I skip over the other guys now. Hawks had an interesting little note in this ballgame, and that was going big. Okongwu, 30 minutes. Capella, 34 minutes. Yes, that's right. They finally went giant, mostly because Okongwu stepped out and hit three three-pointers in this game. He said, you know what? I can space the floor. I'll give you some power forward minutes. That's a big deal if suddenly he and Capella can share a floor. And this is why we've said hold all year long. OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam continue their ascent for the Raptors. It's fun to play the Hawks, though. Everybody gets big numbers, but still good to see Ananobi on the rise. No real surprises on the Toronto side other than, you know, guys getting back where they should be. Lakers-Spurs, this ballgame ended up way closer than it needed to be, mostly because Victor Wembanyama and Keldon Johnson exploded late. Wemby was hitting step-back threes. Keldon Johnson was hitting runners, banging off of Anthony Davis, who, by the way, I have thoughts on AD uh, and his health at the moment. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Spurs, actually, it was a Wembanyama missed free throw that kind of cost him late. He had a chance to tie the ballgame at the foul line. He missed it. Spurs had to foul the Lakers. AD, I think, then made three out of his four or four out of four, I forget, foul shots, and uh, that was enough to sort of ice this one away. The Lakers did, for stretches, lead between, you know, 14 and 20 points, and then they just kind of stopped defending late, which, fantasy-wise, I'm starting to think maybe Keldon Johnson is just going to have a better year. I still think that he's a sell if you can lock somebody in for anywhere near what his current ranking is, which is 57 I just, I don't know how 48% shooting lasts all year. It feels like it's got to come down. But the good news here is that if Wemby's starting at the five, that actually moves Keldon up to the four. That's a big deal. When he was starting at the three, it looked a lot like what it should have been last year. But him at the five, or at the four, excuse me, that's a big deal. So I was too low on Keldon. People are always like, Dan, you never say, I do. I very much say when I think I've got something wrong. I think I was too low on Keldon. Uh, maybe because I was too high on him last year and then he was a massive disappointment. I still think his field goal percent tapers off. I don't see this lasting the entire year, but if he's going to log huge power forward minutes, that's really, really good for him. Gets him closer to the bucket, increases the rebounding number. He's getting assists because the Spurs refuse to play an actual point guard. So that's something. All that said, if you can sell him for top 75 or better, I think I would do it. So... I was too low on him, but also he's still a sell high. Two thoughts in our heads at the same time. I know we can do this. Rest of the Spurs, someone was like, what are your thoughts on Malachi Branham? My thoughts are, I don't want anything to do. I know he's starting at shooting guard. I don't care. I really don't care. They're going to keep mixing and matching. Yeah. And then Wembenyama at center is nuts right now. He's, he's going bananas. The turnovers and the free throws and the field goal percent. This was better in this one. Field goal percent was better. Overall, those things are going to be troublesome for for Wemby. He's a negative in all three of those, but he's such a giant positive in boards and defensive stats right now that it kind of doesn't matter. He's number 20 overall, and he's been better than that since moving to center, where, again, he still can't shoot at all, but he's averaging five blocks a game the last week. Uh, probably not a sustainable number. Duh. But 17 rebounds, like, there's no other guy to take a rebound away from him right now. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. 
You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Uh, what else we got going on here? On the Lakers side, there was no LeBron. So, you know, you got more stuff out of Cam Reddish, Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell. Those were all fairly predictable upticks with LeBron out. Anthony Davis had a huge ball game, but he is moving like molasses these days. He came in with a, a hip spasm that he hasn't been able to shake for a few weeks, turned an ankle very early in the ball game. I would not be surprised to see AD take Friday off and LeBron come back for that one and the Lakers try to again beat the Spurs down one superstar because Anthony Davis is moving terribly. Like, he can't... He got four steals, but that's because the Spurs are a god-awful basketball team. He didn't block a shot. Some of that's Wemby, but some of that's just that he's not moving. He can't elevate right now the way he needs to on defense. He can still play offense because on offense you can sort of set your body up to move the way that it's not going to hurt whatever is hurting you. Defense, you got to go wherever the other guy tells you to go. If you're the offensive player you're guarding goes a particular way, you got to be ready to quickly move with him. And Anthony Davis right now just can't. You know, bum hip, bum ankle. Hopefully he gets a chance to rest a little bit. It'll be good for him long term. I know, again, we're not complaining because the fantasy stats are big. Uh, but he needs a breather, and he needs one bad. Let's keep moving. Indy and Milwaukee, they had some post-game fireworks where Giannis claimed that Indiana took the game ball, but then I guess he had it, and so Indy ended up with a replacement game ball because they wanted one of their guys who scored his first non-IST finals game NBA point to get a game ball and blah, 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 and everybody's fighting over nothing. Anyway, uh, for Indiana, we at least know that there's no sure bet at power forward, so we can move on from whatever questions we might have had there. And for Milwaukee... There's been nothing for ages. They're the same guys you're starting. Uh, other than now Chris Middleton getting enough minutes to be a more consistent fantasy play. If you somehow waited out the first seven and a half weeks of the season, more power to you. I still don't want anything to do with Middleton because the next nagging injury is coming and then comes the shutdown, not shutdown, but then comes another ramp up and the minutes are always going to be in check and back-to-backs are going to be in check. Middleton's going to be a huge pain in the butt, even if when he's out there now, his, his numbers are probably going to be a little bit better. For Giannis, 32 free throws in this ballgame, and dodging a bullet is the understatement of the century that he made 75% of them. By the way, he's number 18 this year, uh, despite punt free throw situation going on, despite being one of the worst fat free throw by volume guys in the NBA because he's averaging 30, 32, 11 five assists, 2.8 defensive stats, and just running away with the field goal percent 
uh, volume winning board. And so if you went Giannis in the first to punt free throws, you're cooking with glass these days. With gas, I should say. Another six blocks for Brooke Lopez. I ain't got any problems there. Still number 21. Brolo. Memphis, another big game for Jaron Jackson. He is flying up the boards now. He's up to number 50 after dropping outside the top 100. That by low window has officially closed. Hopefully you guys all went and got him when I put him on the by low board three freaking weeks in a row. We wondered who might take some shots to replace Desmond Bain. The answer was Derek Rose, who took 14 shots, as did David Roddy. Uh, I'm assuming Bain will be back for the next ball game, so we can basically ignore everybody other than JJJ and Bain on this team. And John ja Morant is now about to come back because, what are the Grizzlies at? 23 games in the books? Two more games. And then Ja's back. We'll also probably see Marcus Smart. Both of those guys should be on rosters to see how things happen when they come back. Biggest free agent, you know, waiver wire type news of the day does actually come out of Houston, where Tari Eason logged 27 minutes and went for 25 points, 14 rebounds, a steal, a block, and three three-pointers. Dylan Brooks did foul out in 28 minutes, so that obviously helped the cause. Jalen Green was also really, really bad in his 24 minutes, which actually eh, not all that unusual these days. Uh, Alperin Shengun has... Had a little bit of foul stuff, but mostly just wasn't playing all that great in this one. Uh, JJJ was working him over. And so you got some different lineups. Jay Sean Tate got some extra playing time because of that. Jock Landale didn't, by the way. Jeff Green picking up some of those backup center minutes. So yeah, Houston's rotations were odd in this ballgame. But I don't care. Tari Eason, we know, is a fantasy juggernaut in starters level minutes and right here he's sort of just sub starters level maybe not gonna go for 25 and 14 but he's an amazing rebounder very good at getting steals and if he's really adding the three ball well that's a huge reason to add just to see what happens so try to add Tari Eason anywhere you can after his last ball game I think I said if I can remember the exact words probably not but I'm fairly certain that the report from a couple days ago was if you got dead weight to cut Eason, you can add now. If you are if you have exclusively players you want to hold on to, give it one more game. Well, we did now. This was one more game, and Eason was amazing. So add, 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 add. See how it goes. Deal with it from there. The Knicks, uh, behind a very poor game from Jalen Brunson, lost to Utah. This is sort of an unforgivable loss, especially when you consider the lineup that the Jazz were trotting out. But at least Julius Randle's continuing his hot run. Dante DiVincenzo got warm. You can ignore it. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein played 29 minutes. He didn't do much with them, but if he's playing that many minutes, he needs to be on rosters. I mentioned on yesterday's show he's not going to get assists like he did in previous stops in his career when he was handling some sort of high-post passing situations. That's just not how the Knicks run their offense. So it's going to be points sometimes mostly rebounds, defensive stats, and field goal percent for Hardenstein. Typically, that'll be enough. Meanwhile, Josh Hart got 29 minutes and did nothing. Every time I think I can get back on board with Josh Hart, he does this. So, what the hell is Josh Hart at this point? He's number 131 on the season overall. I know he got off to sort of a slow start, but this is a bad ball game. 
Somehow over the last two weeks, he's still number 106. So right now, I'm inclined to say, let's give Hart just a little bit more leash and see what happens in the next ballgame before going back to a drop. Because the minutes have been better, and by and large, the production has been better. And sometimes there's just one really, really bad ballgame. And that's what I'm going to hope this is. But if the next one is quiet, we'll go back to a drop. I'm just going to hang on one more day. One day more. Meanwhile, for Utah, they're, I mean, the starting lineup is now out, I think. Keontae George got hurt. They're expecting him to miss at least the next couple of ball games. They, I think they came out and said at least two games. That means it'll probably be more than that. Uh, Lowry Markinen came back. Um, I think they're on, are they on a back-to-back or no? Let me triple-check myself on that. Utah's not on a back-to-back, are they? They are. They're on a back-to-back in Portland. That's a tough one. So he's probably... The expectation is that he might sit this one out for a tanking team. I don't know why they would play him, but you never know. Still, uh, Walker Kessler, again off the bench, came back for this ballgame, played behind Kelly Olynyk. still got a decent fantasy line out of it. But Utah's getting weird, man. Utah's getting weird. But here's the thing. Let's start with the guards. Keontae George is out. Jordan Clarkson is out. We know those guys are out for at least a week between the two of them, probably longer, meaning we're finally far enough down the pecking order to where Colin Sexton is going to get significant minutes. He needs to be added for the next week. That's probably it. I don't like doesn't need this is not going to be a long-term thing, but he needs to be on rosters for the next week. Okay? Cuz he doesn't do that much typically besides score at a decent clip. But with the m- number of guys that are out for this team, he's kind of going to have no choice but to do enough of that, I think, to be fantasy relevant for a week. Fontecchio bounced back in this one. I sort of don't care. John Collins could return at any moment, and that's good enough for me to say I'm just not going to worry about it. Kelly Olynyk as the starting center, in my mind, means we stream him, but I kind of need to know if he's actually going to be the starting center again or if it's going to flip back to Walker Kessler. I feel like it's going to be Olynyk because I think this team, this with the number of guys that they've got out these days, I think they need a center that can space the floor and provide a little bit of offense. Kessler fits better when Clarkson's in uh, and when Collins is in and when George is in and when Markinen is in and there's enough scoring out there that they can just post him in the middle and say, all right, be the big man. With Olenek, it's like, be a big man, but also be a passer, be a floor spacer, uh, get under people's skin, do all the Kelly Olenek stuff. So I think he probably starts another ball game. I don't know for sure. Just kind of trying to read the tea leaves on who they like in terms of fit with the rest of the lineup. Uh, that Kessler remains then a buy low because at some point he's going to start. I think it's just going to coincide with when the other offensive-minded players come back for this team. So I said a lot of things there. Let me try to kind of pull it all together into one little package. Colin Sexton, stream for the next week. Maybe a little bit more. We'll see. Fontecchio, I'm passing. Olenek, if he's starting, you play him. Kessler, you're playing him, starting or off the bench, and you're also buying low. Keontae George was a guy that I already said was someone that I felt was hard to hold on the roto side unless you treated him kind of like an injured player. Head-to-head, he was a stashable, but a, like a, a playable stash. Now I don't know what you do. Uh, if, he got an, if he got an IL tag in Yahoo, I didn't bother to look before doing today's show. Oopsies. Um, 
then you probably can hold on to him. But if holding on to George is going to force you to take two or three zeros in a row, you might have to move on. That's the sort of the line on that one. And I think that's basically everybody there. And then Brooklyn Phoenix, not too many surprises in this one other than Brooklyn winning. The old guard came back and got a victory. Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, I'm sure they wanted this win. Well, they got it. Congrats. You start the starters for Brooklyn right now. For Phoenix, Devin Booker still went gigantic, even with the big three there. Now, admittedly, Bradley Beal wasn't particularly involved in this game. He only took nine shots. He had a usage rate of, like, 15, where the other big-name guys, Beal, uh, Booker was in the high 20s, Durant was in the high 20s, Nurk was in the mid-20s. I think as Beal comes up, you'll see the other guys do slightly less. Um, for Booker, this is a really good sign that he still put up giant scoring and assist totals, even with the other main dudes there. Uh, I do continue to want to see how all of the chemistry stuff shakes out. But for the moment, that's a good first sign that maybe Booker won't see the kind of slippage that I still think we can probably expect. Um, but if he really is like exclusively point Booker, even though they claimed that Bradley Beal was running point when he was healthy, we'll see. He's at eight assists a ball game. I thought he'd be in the high sixes to low sevens, so he's certainly beating my mark on that one. Um, and his free throw number is astronomical, which I did not also see coming. Um, that said, I still... And who were we talking about earlier in this one? Oh, Terry Rozier. I was like, no, that wasn't the one. Um, doesn't matter who we were talking about. My brain is, is toast. I still think if you can get a top 12 type guy back for Booker... You do it. I know people are like, Dan, that means that you're too low on him. I don't think that that means that I'm low. I think that means if you can lock in someone who has that full appeal, like a Steph Curry, who's number 15 right now, but is kind of at a basement level for him, although Draymond being suspended forever, probably not great for Steph. Um, I don't know that there's a great match. It feels like Curry's the match. If you could use Booker to get him, you might want to consider doing it. Because there is a threat to Booker's usage right now in a way that there is not to Steph's. That's why you look at it from that standpoint. That doesn't mean you go and you get someone who, like, you're just trying to lock in like a top 25. No, because if Booker continues to run, you're not going to want to miss out on that. But because there is still that small, medium, whatever you want to call it, looming question, I do think that this is a concept that that folks sometimes struggle with, especially when I talk about it on Twitter, because there just aren't enough characters to express the nuance of it. Booker could, could stay inside the top 10, inside the top 12, whatever. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a, a 0% chance. He could still stay there. My suggestion is merely to say, why don't you try to get somebody who you know is stuck there that doesn't have something that could knock them off their pedestal. And with Booker, the thing that could knock him off is, does Bradley Beal actually get up to sort of Beal-level usage at any point? Or is he going to be new Kevin Love, basically, where it's like, you know what, it's fine. I'll take like 14 shots a game. I don't need to be a guy who takes 18, 19 this year. That'd be a different monster. That would mean that it's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant as superstars and Bradley Beal as like a featured role player. In that case, Durant and Booker can stay where they're at. 
I don't, I think there's at least a 50% shot that Beal ramps up from what he's been at in his two games since coming back. I mean, nine shots, that's absurdly low. He's like a spot-up shooter right now. I thought that's I don't think that's why they mortgaged another handful of pieces of the farm to go get him. I don't think this is the role that they envision. So that's why I'm like, okay, look, like there's a I don't care what percentage you want to call it. If you think there's a 75% chance that Booker stays where he's at, okay, great. If you think there's a 40% chance he stays where he's at, okay, whatever. Either way, that gives a decent chunk possibility that he doesn't no matter how confident you are, unless you're like 100% chance, nothing changes, which to me feels somewhat short-sighted. I Call it 50-50, just for argument's sake. Call it 50-50. Booker continues to roll at a 29-8 and clip on great percentages. Can we agree on 50-50? Call it a coin flip. Wouldn't you rather then flip him for a guy who's basically like 100% chance to stay where he's at? Sure, why not? But if the best someone's willing to give you is, like, Desmond Bain or James Harden, don't do it. Simple as that. Just stick with what you got at that point. Uh, let's take a quick look at Thursday. It's actually, like, not that small of a card tonight. That's kind of cool. A uh, quick mid-show reminder also, by the way, of the things that I mentioned at the outset, which I wouldn't blame you guys for turning the show off at that point because we went through a six-minute technical difficulty. Thank you, Windows Update. Did I even explain that? I think I explained that. Windows Update installed an audio driver update in the middle of a live show. That feels like the kind of thing the computer should be like, hey, do you want us to update your drivers while you're doing a show? And I would have said, no, you stupid, stupid operating system. Don't touch my audio drivers. They're actively in use. What the hell kind of garbage machine does that? Anyway, so those of you that joined us after uh, my rage-fueled rant at my audio drivers, um, come hang out with us in Discord. Link is in the show description. That's number one. Number two, if you're trying to get me live, you may have noticed recently I don't answer every question in the chat room. I'm answering the ones that are more broadly applicable. If you have a more specific question, use the comments tab after I post the show. And frankly, you can start to do that now. If you're like, oh, I've been posting these questions about my two-for-two two trades I'm thinking in the chat, just throw those in the comments instead. No, I'm, not gonna, I'm probably not going to get to those in the chat room. That's number two. Number three, I'm on social at Dan Bespris. Definitely come locate me over there if you haven't already. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I'm hoping at least one of you does that every single day. Number four, Sports Ethos and SportsEthos.com. Ethos Fantasy BK. That's hard to remember. Ethos Fantasy BK, or basketball, is the Twitter feed for the Ethos News. And number five is, I almost forgot to tell you about our pals uh, over at manscaped.com. I've also been doing a bad job of actually uh, using the, the talking points that they give me. So let's read one verbatim and see how embarrassed I get. Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have just launched their fifth-generation lawnmower to help you, you, you hairy son of a gun, avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Where? Look, even if you're not uh, getting frisky, and this is me taking some liberties with it, 
Uh, at least your bedroom will have the rhythmic hum of a sideburn trimmer. Take your special snowflake. Take care of your special snowflake. I read that wrong. With Manscaped and watch your... Oh, I don't like this. Watch your South Pole shine like never before. Oh, that's gross. Come on, Manscaped. That's gross. Anyway, get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com using code ethos20, ethos20, for 20% off and free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you, they say. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code ethos20 at manscaped.com. Oh, they're so naughty with their live reads. That's why I usually just make crap up on the fly. Naughty, naughty Manscaped. All right, what do we got tonight? Cleveland is at Boston. Uh, not much in the not much in the Cleveland Boston game. Is this a rematch? Am I remembering that right? Didn't they just play two days ago? Is Cleveland Boston a game on Tuesday? Yeah, Boston won by seven. Cavs could really use Evan Mobley back. I haven't seen an update on him yet this morning, so I'll wait on that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I think that's it. Chicago. Not much there. I mean, we're, and again, we sort of like drew the, the stash line ahead of Patrick Williams these days. Caruso's questionable, I believe. Uh, Miami. Just waiting to find out if anybody's resting for the Heat. And then otherwise we can get right back into the stream and stuff. Timberwolves, uh, whether or not Anthony Edwards plays is something. Jaden McDaniels, by the way, is also questionable, so they might get him back. Not that that really changes much, but if those guys are back, that probably puts a dent into the Nas Reed heater that's been going lately. Just keep your watch on that. Dallas, got to find out who's in, who's out. Seems like Dante Exum is playable these days, depending on who's out. That could change. We know Kyrie Irving's still out, and that's obviously the big one. Uh, but again, you're watching Dallas to see who's playing. So then you can think about Exum. You can think about Tim Hardaway Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Very difficult back-to-back -back for Brooklyn in Denver. There's a reason the Nuggets are favored by nine and a half points in this game. Uh, presumably, Jamal Murray will be back. We shall see. I think he's probable, last I saw. Jokic was ejected in the last one, so he'll play. KCP, I think, is the only uh, question for the Nuggets right now. Utah, we just talked about a bunch. They're in a, a tough travel back-to-back -back up in Portland. Jazz are down a lot of players. Uh, but again, we just talked about Colin Sexton being interesting, Olenek if he's starting, and so on and so forth. For the Blazers, do they get Brogdon or DeAndre Ayton or both back for this game? That would dramatically change who's doing what out there. So keep your eye on the health report for that team too. Thunder, nothing. Kings, nothing. Again, other than the fact that I still think Keegan Murray is a buy low, if you can believe that, I think he's going higher. And then Malik Monk's been cruising other than everybody sucking in their last ball game. Warriors and Clippers is an interesting one. Clippers have been playing well lately. Uh, Paul George is, I believe, questionable for today's ball game. If he's out, you could probably stream Norman Powell. But I would argue that the more interesting side of this one is the uh, Warriors side. Because Draymond Green, I don't Man, I... Uh, um, all right, so probably should have talked about this at the outset. I know I said I was going to do a better job of talking about news at the front end of the show, and then I just completely whiffed on that today. So Draymond Green is suspended indefinitely. Indefinitely. Meaning, could be a few days, could be a while. 
the thought and the reporting suggests that Draymond is going to have to go through some sort of counseling and get help for his constant outbursts and attacks happening right now. And it's like, and it is out of control. What do I think? I think it's probably 10 to 15 games, if I had to guess. It's a total guess, so I could be way off, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at on the how long do we think Draymond's out. But also, Clay's been bad. Wiggins has been atrocious. And Steve Kerr's finally giving younger guys more opportunity. So Brandon Pajemski, we talked about, I think, on yesterday's show. He's probably an ad right now to see how this shakes out. Uh, we could end up seeing more Dario Saric. I don't know that he makes the cut for 12-team Roto Leagues, but when their schedule's good, he's probably good enough to stream in head-to-head. Uh, and then Jonathan Kaminga was already an ad even before Draymond got suspended, and this is only going to sort of further solidify that. And I would argue he's probably my favorite of the bunch because, again, he was already taking a leap in Steve Kerr's eyes, and now there's just 30 minutes that opened up. So even if he's not playing great on a given night, they almost have no choice but to give Kaminga some run. He has issues with his free throw percent. Sometimes other stuff gets in the way. He doesn't get quite as many steals and blocks as you'd think, uh, given his athleticism. But we've seen scoring. We've seen rebounding. We've seen some threes. We've seen seemingly a little bit of progress in just his overall demeanor. So, Steph, you're starting. I think I'm still starting Clay. I'm not starting Andrew Wiggins. I'm definitely starting Chris Paul because he went huge the last time Draymond was out. That's good because a lot of our fantasy teams have Chris Paul around here. Pajemski, Roto, uh, coin flip. I probably sit him because anytime I'm on the fence with a guy, I don't play him against my games cap. But head-to-head, you can go. Sharch, probably a head-to-head go. Not a Roto go for me. And then Kaminga, I mean, we've got, we're going to have a window here to, to sort of scout it out. I wouldn't mind if you sat him in Roto for a game, but he's probably going to get to do some stuff. And the only thing you run into here is, you know, is he going to be dealing with Kawhi Leonard a lot? Because that could make this particular ball game a little tougher. But overall, I think I'm starting Kaminga in most spots right now and just kind of seeing how it goes. Good job burying the lead, Dan. Tomorrow, perhaps I'll remember to do the news at the front end of the show, but today I did not. All right, here's my quick scan of the very busy chat room. Holy crap, you guys posted a lot of questions. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, I'm going to scan through them. Apologies to those that are listening after the fact, uh, especially without the video element where you guys can see me, like, rapid fire, try to robo-scanning this thing. Uh, let's see. One question was whether I'm talking eight or nine cat. I'm talking nine cat most of the time on this show. Is Markel Fultz a drop? Um, apparently he's getting closer. I think he was spotted actually doing stuff at practice. So if you didn't drop him yet, now you might as well hang on. Um, what is he going to be when he comes back? I have no idea. I think that. I think the apex for him this year was like 90 range. So 12 teamers, he may have been a drop already. 14 and deeper, you're definitely hanging on at this point. And again, uh, 12 teamers, if you've held for this point, you might as well just kind of see. Um, you might as well just kind of see where it goes. Uh, question about the live premium or the premium Q and A I mentioned that goes on in our Discord. I can elaborate a little bit on that. I feel like I don't know who Doctor President 23 is. I don't know if you're a member or like. Uh, one of our employees on a burner account. But either way, I'll answer the question. 
Um, so in our Discord, if you have a Fantasy Pass or other Sports Ethos premium subscription, you let a mod know that you have a premium pass, and they open up new rooms. And one of them is a Q&A that runs with the Sports Ethos pros all the time. Chat rooms just open, and when pros are around, they pop in there and they answer your questions. So it's a really cool feature of the premium pass. I don't think anybody else on the planet has that type of thing going on. Uh, so again, if you have any premium stuff at Sports Ethos, make sure you're using that in our Discord. Um, okay, this is where my um, everything went down. Thank you, you uh, brutal, brutal computer. In fact, I know you guys were all trying to tell me in the chat room, and I really appreciate that, but it was an alert that popped up in the corner of my monitor that said, installing Realtek audio drivers. And I went, what do you mean, computer? I'm talking right now. And then I noticed that everything was dead. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, question, who do I prefer between Koulibaly or Tari Eason? I would prefer Eason. His fantasy profile is vastly superior. Vastly. Kelly Oubre or D'Angelo Russell? I'll go D'Lo on that one. Kyrie Irving or Darius Garland? Um, Kyrie on that one. Do we think Bam is going to be good to go soon? Um, you know what? I actually don't know on that one. I really don't know. Uh, Heater being, as usual, somewhat clandestine. <laughs> That's not the word. I mean, it sort of is. They're just not giving us many updates. They, you know, they said he was going to be out for at least a week. It's been about that long. So hopefully we'll get uh, an update in the not-too-distant future. What I tend to do in situations like this, mentally, just to sort of prepare myself, is say, okay, I'm just going to assume he's out for another week or two, and if he pops up before then, great. So just set your sights low, set the bar low, and if they jump over it, terrific. How much time do you think Kyrie is going to miss? Also very nebulous. I'm going to say uh, two total weeks from the injury. Maybe three. All right. Um, let's see. What do we got here? A lot of good discussion going on between the people in the chat room. I love that. Let's see. Um, I love the chatter, but it does make it harder for me to find the questions. Here's a question. When do I leverage rest-of-season appeal as opposed to picking up the hot hand in a Roto League? My specific question is whether I should get someone like Atari Eason and drop Asar Thompson or Herb Jones or Gordon Hayward in a 10-teamer. Um, I think you could potentially... Uh, you could probably go Eason over Asar Thompson right now uh, because it does feel like he got that starting job back when Duran and Bagley both went down. But in general... You know, it's going to come down to, like, what a guy's doing short-term versus someone long-term, because Herb Jones has been very good all season long at this point. Uh, Gordon Hayward has been pretty well tied to LaMelo being out lately, uh, but was very good before that. So you're sort of like, okay, I don't know what Tari Eason's going to be. He might fade again if the Rockets, if their starters play better, guys get healthy, whatever. There's no guarantee that Eason's going to even be good in their next ballgame. Now, if we use a different example of somebody filling in, like let's say Al Horford, let's say Porzingis went down for two weeks or something and Al Horford was out there, that's a situation where you're like, look, I'm going to get a top 50 producer here for two weeks. 
what am I grading that against? The, the, the problem, the difficulty with your question, Shining Knight, is that we don't know what Tari Eason's going to be in his next ball game, even, let alone the next week, two weeks, whatever. So there's a hot hand appeal. I get it. But there's also a lot of question marks with him. So in this case, you probably just go with guys that you know are playing well, which is the three you already have. But if the hot hand was a more guaranteed one, like a guy filling in and moving from 20 minutes a game to like 36 minutes a game, then you start to think, okay, like if I can get two weeks of top 50 and the guy I'm dropping is more like a plotting 90, 100, 110 kind of guy, that's where you definitely make the swap. Hopefully that strategically makes some sense. Someone's asking about uh, what's a good return for Lowry Markinen. You're not going to get a good return right now because he just came back. He's not playing well yet. Once he gets going, you could probably aim for pretty much anybody inside the top 20 based on what he did last year and how he started this season. But you're going to need him to look good for a week or two before you could potentially trade from like any point of strength. Uh, and that's where I'm going to pull the plug on things. I appreciate you guys putting all these amazing questions in there. What I will say is if I didn't get to your question, wait till I close out the show here in 30 seconds or whatever. Put it in the comments. I don't care if there's like 20 comments that pop up. Eventually, I'll get to them. Truly. I think I can say I promise that. Comment section. That's where you go with it. Please like. Like. I'm working so hard right now. Please like the show. Please subscribe if you guys like what I'm doing. At some point, I'm going to go back and try to edit out the audio difficulties in the middle, uh, but YouTube won't let me do that for like 12 hours, so sorry to folks watching after the fact. I'm probably going to try to put a timestamp on this so folks know that they can jump over a few minutes, but also I'm not that great of a producer. So, oh well. I'm Dan Vespers on social. Come find me on Discord. Come find me. All the links are anywhere you need them. They're all in the show description. Might have a show this afternoon leaning towards probably no because I'm tired, but we'll see. I have this one idea I've been wanting to do forever. We'll see. All right, see you later for now, everyone.